This is Downstage Left, a theater podcast where we talk a little, laugh a lot, and know nothing. We don't know anything. I was able to remember it. Thank you. Which is rare. Let's be honest. It's it's, it's like a I I forget it like one out of every four times. All right. Twenty five percent. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we have a friend of the pod with us, uh, Julia Schwindeman. Julia's back. Sure. Uh, if you're a uh, a consistent listener, you'll recognize her and also know that we sometimes record in chunks and she won't leave my house. So <laughs> She's just here all the time. That's mm-hmm. nice. Refuses. Sure. Not a bad thing. Also, it's anyway. also not what's happening, but that's okay. <laughs> it is not what's happening. You're right. Well, who, <laughs> you were invited. <laughs> who to believe? Guests? Oh, boy. Listeners? Oh. Me? Okay. Um, Lauren, what are, we, what are we talking about today? Okay, so today I have brought a musical to you both that is very near and dear to my heart, um, and it is The Marvelous Wonderettes. I love this show. Lauren loves this show. Love uh, we were very close, uh, my production company, to doing it, mm-hmm. and we still, I think we still will. Yeah. Um, you know, pandemic, y'all. Yeah. Pandemic. Yep. Um, um, I also always mess up the name of this. Yes, everybody does. In fact, I know you just said it, and I already can't remember what it sure, is. Sure, you love to call it the Wonderful Marvelettes, yes. but it is the Marvelous Wonderettes? Yeah, the yeah. Marvelous Wonderettes is the name of it. I believe people mess it up a lot because there was a group in the 50s who were literally called, called the, Marvelettes. the Marvelettes. Here's what I'm going to yeah. tell you. Um, in the, like, this is some housekeeping where I, Lauren does all of our editing, and so I just made a folder, and I definitely uh, called. called it I de- well, and I definitely named this in our recording the track I called Marvelettes. So there you go. It's fine. Everyone does it. Uh, when I was in this show, the director did it constantly. Um, and it's it is what it is. It's a the it's a nod to the group, though. Correct. Um, of course, which is great. So it's a jukebox musical um, using songs from the fifties and sixties. Um, the first act is the fifties, and the second act is the sixties. Um, and it's like super super cute. I love it the most. Um, it's four women and four women only, and they mm. are on stage the entire time. Correct. They sing every Ooh. single song. They take no breaks, and it's four part harmony through the whole thing. Yes. Um, oh. And so it yeah it follows these four girls. They're like friends. Um, Trini, do you know the show? I don't. I have uh, I have heard it, um, heard about it, kind of only in the realm that you just discussed it, in which you were thinking about doing contemplating it. doing it. Oh, um, so but I I never like looked into it like or it. Yeah. researched it at all. So I I don't really know anything about it other than I think I think I would probably like it. I you just would. have you would. I just haven't gotten around to listening to it. It's, it's also so it's good, mute like the song it for. Listen, the jukebox musicals live and die, I think, by A, song choice, and then B, what do you do with them in a plot? Yes. And I think the nice thing that we will learn about as you go through it is they do not try to shoehorn in some crazy plot where, like, they are singing a song and the song, like, expresses a feeling, but it's like, my boyfriend's back. Like, yeah. it's it's very much done in a way that presents the music, I think, in a logical way that is very funny. Yep. Um, and, well, the premise you know, of the way they do it is very correct. cute, too. Yes. So there's four girls. Um, they are, the characters are Betty Jean, BJ, um, and she's Hello. abbreviated as BJ in the score. Correct. Co- consistently, and it's wonderful. Correct. Um, Cindy Lou, Missy, and Susie. Um, and so they are, those are the main characters. Um, are they based on real people? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. They're just supposed just to be curious. like fun loving gals from the 50s. It's very much like 50s names that okay. are just yes. like, yeah, those are things. Um, 
Roger Bean wrote the book, um, and it's very cute. It never made it to Broadway. It started in Milwaukee um, at the Milwaukee Repertory Theater in 99. And then uh, there was a, a Los Angeles production. And then it went to off-Broadway a couple of times, at first in 2008, and then later it revived off-Broadway in um, 2016. Yep. So... Super fun. Um, I'm going to go ahead and dive into the plot because I like it. I played Missy. That was my character that I played, and it was, like, the most fun. One of the things I like about this show is, like, it sounds like a very daunting task. There's two full acts. There's a lot of work. It's a lot of music. You never leave the stage. You have to learn a ton of music, but it never felt like work to me because maybe because the other girls I was working with and, like, the staff was just really cool. But it's just, like, it's a fun script, and it's just silly and great. So I love it. Act one. The story takes place at Springfield High School. It's prom night, and the gym is filled with homemade decorations. Uh, When the show's principal, Principal Varney, uh, welcomes the class of 1958 to their super senior prom uh, and introduces the night's entertainment, the marvelous Wonderettes. Uh, As lights come up on the girls, they sing Mr. Sandman, and they are each in their respective colors. Now, we did not follow the script on this because we were like, what what colors do you have? So I ended up wearing, actually, my old prom dress, and we, like, shortened it. So, like, it was, like, T-length. It was really cute. So Missy, they say, is traditionally in tangerine. Susie is in blue. Cindy Lou is in pink. And Betty Jean is in green. Well, and I I don't think... I was missing. Okay. I don't know if it matters. You just have to delete. Like you just each girl has to have a color. They have to have a color. Yeah, and, and that I was and blue. that's really it. Yeah. And whatever it is. And I will say, from a production standpoint, it's a nice show to do because they're basically on a stage, quote unquote, in a gym with homemade decorations. Yeah, so super easy. The you can go as good or as you know whatever you want it to look like, but it can look homemade, and that's kind of the point. Yeah, it's super cute. Um, my prom dress was blue, so I ended up wearing blue. Um, and we also made the choices to have us all have different colored hair, which Ooh. meant I wore red wigs the entire time because my hair is not red. Um, How many costume changes did you have? Two. Because oh, okay. you have one prom dress, and then the second act you have a different outfit. Okay. Um, and so my I wore essentially an Annie wig the first act, <laughs> and oh. it was fine. Um, okay. But like a good Annie wig. It wasn't sure, like a sure, crappy sure. one. It was good. Um, but I yeah, it was the Annie wig. So that's that. Um during the song, it becomes apparent that Susie is dating a, the guy who's running the lights for the prom, and his name is Richie Stevens. You never see him. You just hear about him. He's super cute. Um, after introducing themselves, the girls begin their second song of the evening, which is Lollipop, and then transitions into Sugar Time. Um, and after the song, the girls show off uh, that the... Che- after the song, the girls show off the cheer that won them third place in the, at the state song leaders competition, which was a thing that used to happen in the 50s. 50s. Song leaders. Um, and then they thank the teacher who runs their team, Mr. Lee. This will become problematic later on. It and is, I don't I, know how you do it. You that can. was the thing we were it's trying so to work hard. around. But anyway. I love it you know. anyway, though. This plot it's, point well, is it's so very funny. funny but it's so funny. Um and but like this the thing about that is like the music that around Mr. Lee is, is like great. my favorite stuff. Well that's to the sing. thing, it's great. Um so it's but it is not great. So <laughs> nobody else is ever like a visible character. No, nope, correct. Just these okay. four people. Yep. You hear Mr. Principal Varney's voice, you hear Richie's voice, I think. Um, but usually those are off stage like either recordings or yeah. it's like a guy with a microphone. Yep. Okay. Um and then we talk about Mr. Lee a little bit as well. Okay. Um, so Betty Jean runs off to put their trophy back in the school trophy case. Cindy Lou seizes her opportunity to steal Betty Jean's song, Allegheny Moon. Uh, hilarity ensues when Betty Jean returns to find that she has been duped and she tries her hardest to ruin Cindy Lou's performance, but Cindy Lou finds a way to recover. So my favorite like plot points in this show are like, 
Missy and Susie are like best friends and then Betty Jean and Cindy Lou are like these goofy frenemies that are like best friends sometimes and then not best friends other times because that's how high school is and it's so cute well and it's done in that like passive aggressive high school Mm -hmm. way of like yeah you looked great like in in that kind of way which is part a big part of the comedy in the show I think is Mm -hmm. just it's like very funny but it's very relatable because you're like well I've done that before yeah it's really cute and like I gotta find a different adjective. <laughs> but um, Cindy Lou is also described as like the prettiest girl at school, too. Okay. Keep that in mind. Missy Ew. is a little bit more of like a, she's like nerdy, I think. She wears glasses. Yeah. It's like a part of the plot. Um, and then the other two are like. Betty Jean. Of One of them is like a little tom- more tomboy. That I might be like. Betty Jean. Yeah, I think so. Um, so. Anyway. Anyway. Um. After the song, Allegheny Moods, Missy and Susie explain to the prom goers slash audience members the events which led them to providing the entertainment for that evening. It turned out uh, the boys from the Glee Club were supposed to perform, but the lead singer, Billy Ray Patton, was suspended from school. Um, smoking can kill you and make you ill. <laughs> so Mr. Lee called on the Marvelous Wonderettes to take their place. The girls announced that the theme of the prom is Marvelous Dreams and segues nicely into a medley of All I Have to Do is Dream and Dream Lover, which is a really fun fun sort of medley. Um, Missy then announces the nominees for that year's prom queen and who will get to choose oh, and the prom queen will also get to choose her king after winning the vote all four marvelous wonderettes are nominated along with judy carter who is a girl they have in homeroom we never see judy carter either <laughs> we don't know who she is sure. it's, um, it, well that's kind of what makes it fun is it yeah. doesn't flesh out like it just doesn't flesh out these people they're just yeah. referenced and so <laughs> no, they are. which is like i mean again i feel like high that's school. yeah it's that's, a little bit of a high school time yes. where you're like at home and you're talking to your mom and i'm like and then and whatever the yeah. they did blah 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 and my mom's like who's that and i'm like really nobody important but that's Correct. the person that it's is in my home room and, yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. i've um, never mentioned them before but just so you know that's who i'm talking about yeah so then it's time for the dream catcher, which we made, we just made a cootie catcher, which I think was what they just called it in the 50s. Correct. A, a cootie catcher. Yeah. Um, so we made this dream catcher, uh, which will determine the order in which the girls will sing their solos, which is hilarious. Um, Susie is selected to go first. And Susie, her character, her thing about her character that's unique is she has like a character voice. Like it's very high. Like in the recording, she's like, hey, my voice sounds like this or something like that. Okay. Yep. Um, so that's kind of her deal. Um, and so. <clears throat> she's selected to go first in her first giggly moment Susie announces that her song is for her prom date Richie and then begins to sing Stupid Cupid um, cute. I know well, that's a fun? cute song just, just even so as lovely. you like go through the songs they're all good. They're like, so these, good. These are all song. good. Like they're they're cherry picking good stuff from yeah. the fifties, and well, I, it's it's nice. And like some of them were not originally four part women's harmony, but the way that the it's arranged, correct? Is so it's good. good. It's really it, really well, really done. good arrangements. Very good arrangements, and like accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so she sings "Stupid Cupid." Next up is Betty Jean, who sings "Lipstick on Your Collar." which is also really fun, during which the audience discovers that her boyfriend, Johnny, has been cheating on her with Cindy Lou. <gasps> See what I'm saying? I know. The drama. Oh, my goodness. The sure. Drama. Very high school. Very high school. There's so much. Oh, my um, goodness. I know. <laughs> the, did you expect a plot like this? I'm oh, okay. a little upset. <laughs> How well, dare you? And it's funny because... <laughs> within Lou? the band? Well, <laughs> exactly. Well, but it's funny because there is this plot line, yeah. but it's done in between. Like, they're singing the whole time. So yeah. it's not like... It's like they sing, and then there's 15 minutes of like this dialogue to reveal this. It's like 
little snippets in between of like, okay, we have to sing the next song. Let's go. Like, yeah, it's there's you know, not a lot of dialogue. It's nope. very because there's so many songs. Like there's you experience all of this as an audience member through the song. I want to point out too that I forgot to mention in Allegheny Moon. There's this like moment where part of Betty Jean's effort to get the song back is that she finds a tambourine. <laughs> <laughs> Just starts Correct. Like, going ham on this tambourine, yep. and That's it's amazing. really funny. That's amazing. Yeah, it's good. Um, and she tries to like pull focus with the stupid anyway. A confrontation between the gr- two girls is broken up by Susie, who urges Betty Jean to calm down and continue with the performance. Cindy Lou is up next and sings "Lucky Lips." Betty Jean stands in the background, mocking her performance in an attempt to thwart Cindy Lou. But once again, Cindy Lou recovers gracefully. I want to keep in mind, like. They're all singing all the time. Right. So while she's I mean, singing Lucky this Lips, is all like, happening. it's all like yeah. she's like back here like being silly. It's, oh man, it's so funny. Um, the only one left to sing is Missy who sings Secret Love. Now this is the one and only song in the show that is sung by one person and one person only. Yep. And that's Missy. Uh, everyone else I think gets to drink some water during this. I don't know what they did. Um, after the song, she announces that her secret love, this is where it's a little weird, is oh, Mr. No, Lee. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, See how I said it becomes back to be a little yes. problematic? Her secret love is Mr. Lee, the girl's song leader. Mr. Lee, who is chosen from the audience. Oh. So he's an audience member. Correct. Uh, which is like oh, the oh, so yes, fun. Sure, sure, sure. Which is the fun of it. Because here's the thing. We, we specifically put people who we thought would be funny. Um, there was one Within night. Pull up. Yeah, yep. it was like there was like a couple of seats where you could pick a guy. Typically, we had one seat, but they were like, pick this dude. Right. And there was one night where like a church group came and the pastor, we put the pastor oh. there. It was so funny. No, no, no. Like, you're cringing, <laughs> but it was great. Because the church group, they like they could not stop laughing at it. And I sure. was a real asshole about it. Where, <laughs> like, I, I knew it would get a laugh, so I just kept looking at him. And I kept like waving at him. And they sure, just lost we their mind. Hear you, <laughs> sure, 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 sure. It was terrible. Sure. No, no, I know. Um, uh, but it's great. Um, so she sings Secret Love. Uh, he is chosen from the audience that he is brought on stage. And the girls serenade him with songs Mr. Lee, Born Too Late, and Teacher's Pet. <laughs> now, hearing it out loud, it sounds bad. You're right. It's not good. <laughs> sure. uh, well, in a way where I was in my brain, I was like, well, how could you change that? How could you make him somebody else? But never mind. All the songs revolve entirely around it. The only way I think you can yeah. maybe change yeah. it. Because the... The lyrics of Mr. Lee in Born Too Late. The only way I think you could change it is if he was not, if maybe he's a student teacher. Maybe he is. It's still not good. I know. I'm trying my best. Maybe he's a substitute. I don't know. It's not good. Yeah, it's bad. So, no, uh, here at Downstage Love Podcast, we do not condone student teacher relationships in this way. But in the Um, 50s, they didn't know any better. But also, here's the thing. No, no, but here's the (laughs) thing. Here's the thing about this, right? No, no, no. I get what children you're have crushes on their teachers all the time, and sure. that's a real Correct. thing that happens. Sure. Uh, nope. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, we know what happens. Of my water. Yeah, I am a middle school teacher, and middle school boys are not as uh, they're not as stealthy as they think they are. But oh, I thought you were going to be like they're not teacher. as attractive. As no, they're gross. <laughs> but they also are, like very obvious when they have a crush on their teacher. Sure, sure, sure. Correct. And it's embarrassing for them mostly so it it is what it is no 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 listen i I get like from a kid standpoint i understand the like uh fascination with like an an adult where you're like this is an adult that i'm around all the time and they're nice because Mm -hmm. hopefully your teacher is like nice to you you well yeah and is like uh, being caring in that way um 
and is like well not that one I, no but it's like a friendly <laughs> good person <laughs> once again here at downstage we don't condone it now condone we're just talking about it here's why i said student teacher also though. you're finding a lot about my co-host so yeah good luck to you okay here's why i said student teacher also just as a side note my uh friend student taught at the school that he went to and so he was a student teacher, like very oh, fresh out of college. Sure. Yeah, his people like an eighteen-year-old. Yeah, no, but his girlfriend at the time was a senior there. Oh, right. So they dated okay, in okay, high okay. school, right. and then he, he went and then became a student teacher. So like that's why I'm like, it's not that sure. icky, but it's still kind of sure, icky. Sure, sure, sure. Well, you it's know? just that context Depending of on it. Your circumstances yeah. and yeah. No, it's the same thing as being like a senior in college. You're twenty-one, twenty-two. Yeah. You're dating a freshman in college. Who was eighteen. Eighteen. I get it. Yeah. Contextually, it's a rough time. Listen, without getting too far into this, um, we there. I am aware of instances of a person in a, an authoritative space because we talk a lot about this as like theater teachers, and I work with high school students, and I mm-hmm. worked with them when I, when I was younger, but. It, it you spend a different kind of time with them. Yeah. And so you create a different kind of relationship where you're outside of a classroom a lot of times, like at rehearsals. They're talking to you in a more informal way, potentially, than, you know, like, well, excuse me, uh, Mrs. Newworth, I had a question about the math test. Like, yeah. it's, it's just a different relationship. And so it's a thing where, at least in my career, you just draw very, very distinct, bold lines. You got it, yeah. And I have been... Uh, aware of people who have not and have started dating students now post their graduation but like still knew them as like a freshman when they were like you know in their mid to mid 20s and then would go on to date them and like listen live your life and nothing illegal happened and all those things but I gotta tell you I think folks out there just be careful make good choices like there's a thing where and also i'm gonna tell you and this is like a longer conversation where i think it potentially happens more older male younger female only because well it's a power dynamic and things like that but also um high school boys aren't hot to be like if you're 26 you're not like can't wait to get that like no, it's sure. just a time where you're sorry, like high school kids you're not i'm not well, sorry like you usually uh I, here's the thing when i was in high school because i'm old um i felt like when i was like a freshman the guys who were seniors when i was in high school were like 35 year old men sure yes they all had like yes, I've beards seen pictures. they, sure, did they look, look like 35 year old men, men. Yeah. so beards and stuff yes. well they and they the, were all just like very mature looking and so not me not the boys i went to sure high school the with. boys you went to high school with i was like who's Looked 12 year old like is that year old children yeah. um like no offense to any of the people that sure, i went sorry, to high school everybody. with i don't yeah. know how but also isn't that weird because like why why is that the case sure the guys i went to high school with looked like they were working a nine to five and having to pay a mortgage and like, like- <laughs> why what happened <laughs> what happened amazing that is like all right that kids just look different now yeah I had an idea. Okay. While we were talking about this. What if Mr. Lee... Hang on. Hear, hear me out. Sure, we're trying, let's let's problem solve this yeah. right now. <laughs> uh, what if Mr. Lee is like is like a, a, a guy that graduated like last year and his name is just Lee, right? And then they're like, okay, cool. And then they call him Mr. Lee just because that's the song. Sure. You know? Sure. Like maybe it's sure. that. Because okay. then they have a crush on him that I, way. And he thing. like has come back to help out because his uncle works at the school. There you go. You know what I mean? There you go. That's I'm the teacher's pet. Fork. <laughs> Why? Just because you know what? It's just there because it's there. Yep. I don't know. Uh, I'm trying so hard to make well, it work because I love no, this. That's no, I think it's so adorable. No, no, no. That's one of those songs you just gloss over. 
Yeah. You just sing it. You're like, well, it's part yeah. of the medley, so you right. can't not right. do it. But you just sing it, and you're like, because if he's there as a helper, yes. you can still be the teacher's pet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's fine. Um, because, like I said, doing this bit, we apparently had no problems with it in <laughs> 2012 or whatever it was that well, I did this. You know. So, fine. Um, well, but in a way where, in 2012, I don't know if we were... We weren't as... as it was we 10 weren't. years ago. We weren't as old. Maybe it was 13. I don't know. Um, anyway, so after returning Mr. Lee to his seat, an announcement is made over the loudspeaker that it's time for the talent... Oh, I forgot about this. The talent portion of the prom queen competition. Missy explains that in order to keep things moving along, the rules committee has decided that the girls will perform their talents simultaneously and only have 30 seconds to perform. <laughs> Judy Carter has been excused from the talent portion because of a doctor's well, appointment. I gotta tell you, the Judy... <laughs> doctor's appointment in the middle of the prom? Yeah, yeah. Well, the Judy stuff is some of my favorite because very she is the like unseen but like very much a character where you're yeah. just like oh she no she didn't she's still backstage she's not coming forward okay you know like <laughs> it's very, but that's like the joke of it yeah. well in an interesting funny. way where i wonder what that's like as an audience member where maybe you are expecting judy to come yeah. out always and then she never does yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's very fun um so yeah doctor's appointment the girls scramble to set up their talents cindy lou shows off a myriad of poses um, Missy sings her best high note over and over again. Oh. Yeah. Susie uses a lemon twist while she uses a lemon twist while blowing giant bubbles with her gum. Oh, she Ew. does have gum a lot. Um, and Betty Jean rushes forward to set up her fire baton routine. Um, but the buzzer goes off before she can even light the baton. Correct. Uh, <laughs> again, from so a, she spends the 30 seconds setting, it up. Yeah. setting up her Correct. talent. Which okay. is the joke. And <laughs> from funny. a production standpoint, you don't have to deal with fire and no, all the things that come really with fire funny. on stage. Well, but also, so when we did this, we just kind of were like, what do you want to do? And Whoa. I was like, I don't want to sing a high note over and over again. That sounds terrible. So instead, I pulled out my clarinet and I played. <laughs> I played the opening uh clarinet solo to rhapsody in blue over and over. <laughs> it's about 30 seconds long so that's what i did um that's funny i don't even remember what i did else. i think cindy lou did do some poses i think missy did do some bubble gum uh, maybe i can't remember for sure and i i want to say there was a baton involved but no fire Improved. um for betty jean but yeah sure. i was like i don't want to sing a high note i'm gonna go ahead and play clarinet instead <laughs> so stupid fair enough good job fair enough good job yeah all right, so now it's time for everyone to vote for the prom queen. The audience takes out their ballots, which are either included in a playbill or underneath their seats. So they actually vote? They actually vote. Yeah. Do you actually count them? No. Okay. That no. would Could be kind no, of fun. Could not Susie matter. always wins. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> As you say, could Dang. not matter. It does not. Choose your own adventure. You don't get to, like, depending on the audience. <laughs> I know. Sure, that's... Well, Edwin Drew that you Edwin Drew. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Well, and there is also the play that I did in December. Uh, There is a a part of the show. It's like a spoof on Hallmark movies. So Mm -hmm. there's a part of the show where the audience votes for their favorite couple. And the least favorite couple, like the losing couple, gets devoured by wolves at the end of Act (gasps) 1. And so it's very stupid. Sure. Does that mean you're like not in the rest of the show? No, you do the rest of the show injured. So you have like (laughs) bandages and I did some like really aggressive like like special effects makeup on my face, like cuts and stuff, so it looked like it was stupid. It's different every time. (laughs) It's a different person every time. That is hilarious. Yeah, it's we rigged it so that we all had like two times to do it, but it was it was really good job. Thank you. Um so anyway, they take their ballots out. And they circle their choices. I think we did probably look at them later just to be like, who won today? Just sure, for funsies, sure. but like not, yeah. Um, then the ballots are collected. They're given to the girl's French teacher, Mrs. McPherson, who is supposed to count them. Um, 
again, don't know the French teacher also never seen, so they must just hand them off to a stage manager or something. Um, as the ballots are tallied, the girls sing a medley of Sincerely and Goodnight, Sweetheart. At the end of the song, it is announced that Susie has been voted the prom queen. Um, and Cindy Lou, who expected to win, because remember, she's the most popular, is distraught. Is she the pretty one? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. She's the pretty popular one. Betty Jean couldn't be happier that Cindy Lou lost. <laughs> sure. Naturally. And Susie is so surprised she chokes on her gum. <laughs> Missy announces that it's time for Susie to pick her prom king. And the girls ask her three questions. but uh, And throughout Susie's answers, discover that she has, to no one's surprise, chosen her prom date, Richie Stevens, as the king. Right. Ta-da. Since she won, Susie gets to sing a spotlight song called Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me. A classic song. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. The title is creepy, but it's a good song. Um, and it swells at the end. The other girls join in. The girls gather around to congratulate Susie, except for Cindy Lou, who is a sore loser, reaches out to touch the crown, and the lights fade and intermission begins. <laughs> Well, that's just the first act. Yeah. That's the first act. So okay. the first act is it's the prom. 1950s. You're in the prom. Oh, right, yes. right, right. I yeah. forgot that it was two different. Okay. It's two decades. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so okay, okay. Uh, the next act is super fun. It's uh, Act two begins with Principal Varney again welcome, welcoming everyone back to Springfield High for their 10-year reunion. Hey. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I did not. Sure. Okay. Yeah. The Marvelous Wonderettes are back to enta- entertain everyone for the night. The first song they sing is Heat Wave. And Cindy Lou, Betty Jean, and Missy appear to sing it. Missing notably is Susie. When she finally enters, the audience discovers that she is pregnant. Super pregnant. It's like very, very pregnant. Um, And (laughs) it's really funny because like when we did it, she like hobbled on and then sat in the chair and was like, oh my God, I'm so hot. Like she's like fanning herself (laughs) because when you're pregnant, I think that happens. I've never been pregnant. I don't know. Sure. Uh, None of us have, I think so. I'm not sure. Um, So... Just kidding. I have kids. Okay. I've been around a lot of of pregnant people and you do overheat because you have a tiny human inside of you that you are incubating. Sure. So after the song, a brief reintroduction is made and the girls sing Mr. Sandman in a tribute to their prom performance. Um, Richie, who is now Susie's husband... He's back. He's running lights. Still here. We're happy to be there for them. Still unseen. Still not seen. Yeah. (laughs) He's running lights. He can't be seen. Um, And it becomes apparent that they have run into some tough times in their relationship. To cheer her up, Missy takes out the dream catcher, the cootie catcher thing that they use at their senior prom. And despite her insistence that she put it in her purse this morning, Missy can't find it. Bummer. So she decides they'll ask each other three questions that the three questions that Susie answered after winning the prom queen. She says she'll go first, and she asks the three questions: Are you in love? To which Missy answers yes. Oh yeah, so they're asking Missy this question: um, Is he someone we know? She says yes. Is he here tonight? And then she says yes. And then Missy spills her beans. She's been dating Mr. Lee for the last five years. Five years though. So five they years. Didn't get together <laughs> while they were in high school, but still gross. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So cool. again, in my alternate version of this, my fan fiction, I guess, where he's like, <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm writing fan fiction uh, for like you know theater, but you he's can look not up a Lauren teacher. On what bad <laughs> <laughs> you can see my Ao3 work. No, I'm oh just kidding. My gosh. Um, no, he is in my head. He's a he's a graduated just a year after them, and his his uncle is a teacher there, and he's helping out. That's. That's my thing. Sure, like um, a teacher's so anyway, aid. <laughs> yeah, teacher's aid. She's been dating Mr. Lee for the last five years, and she has some questions for him. And she sings, huh, she sings in her songs "In His Kiss" and "Wedding Bell Blues." Okay. 
The one thing I like about the way the second act is structured that's different from the first act is, like, each of the characters has almost, like, a set that is just theirs. So, like, yeah. for the first part it's of it, broken we focus down a little bit more. Yeah. Yep. We focus on Missy, that'll be Cindy Lou, and et cetera. And that's, like, a really cool thing because we, like, learn about what happened in the last ten years with their life and things like that. And some of them are good and some of them are bad. So, anyway, In His Kiss and Wedding Bell Blues. Cindy Lou doesn't like what she sees. She thinks Mr. Lee shouldn't have to beg. Oh, sorry. She thinks Missy shouldn't have to beg Mr. Lee for a marriage proposal. Valid. Um, and helps her reclaim her confidence with the song You Don't Own Me, which oh, I love. Which is a real great sassy sixties so song. Love it. <clears throat> Made popular maybe by Margot Robbie and Suicide Squad in the yeah. last few years. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There it is. Um, after the song ends, Cindy Lou discovers that Mr. Lee has has had the Dreamcatcher the whole time. I don't remember. I think we just gave it to him or something. Like, like, hey, like just hang on mission. to this. We're going to ask for it back later. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Someone was like, I, now you're a part of the show. Sorry. Hold this prop, please. Don't sure. mess with it. And go with God. Thank you, yeah. Pastor. <laughs> like, literally, yeah. God bless you. I <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, and so Mr. Lee's had the dream catcher the whole time. He, she returns it to Missy, who discovers that Mr. Lee has an, attached an engagement ring to it, which was also very difficult to finagle. Let's just talk about that. Sure. It was hard. Um, overjoyed with the proposal, Missy breaks into song again, singing with this ring. Mr. Lee is brought back on stage, and the girls join in singing uh, as the happy couple celebrate. Now, we did this show a lot of times. One of the, my favorite performances was when our, my friend who was in Avenue Q with me, played my husband, um, came to see the show and we put him in the Mr. Lee seat. He p- picked me up, spun me, dipped me and kissed me at the end of the song. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, what's happening? We'd already done it before. So it wasn't like weird, but it was sure. hilarious. Was, the audience was lost a new, their minds. A new time for you yeah. in that moment. It was like, I was like shocked and I, the audience was like, this is awesome. And I was like, great, great. This is wonderful. Sure, it was really, really fun. Really method. Yeah. Very method. Now the dream catcher has been returned. The girls use it to select the next performer, Betty Jean. Missy says that it is Betty Jean's birthday, and she takes the stage to relate what she has been up to since high school. She has been working at the neighborhood hardware store with her husband, the boy who used to cheat on her with Cindy Lou. Oh, my God. Turns out, I know. She stayed with she him? She stayed with that guy. Betty Jean. I know. She you deserve a better, girl. Well, don't stay with cheaters. Okay. Once a cheater. I know. Maybe always a cheater. Anyway. Yeah. It turns out things between her and her husband are just as bumpy now as they used to be. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> um, lamenting, Betty Jean sings, I only want to be with you. At the end. Uh, well, that's sad. I know. It's, a, it's like a bop. But it is a bop, sad. but in like the context, yeah, sad. It's a sad. Um, at the conclusion of the song, she noticed that her husband is spending time with Judy Carter. <laughs> ah! oh my God. Judy's back, guys. Again, though, I love. <clears throat> here's the thing. I do love this kind of thing on stage where you are like looking out to no one and going mm-hmm. oh my god he's talking to judy and i to me that is like very i very funny comedy yeah yeah well I, yes i love that there's also a moment in the first act where um missy is trying to sing to mr lee and loses her glasses or she takes off her glasses to like look prettier and then she's like singing to something and then she they're like missy put your glasses back on and the line is literally like sorry ma'am i thought you were mr lee <laughs> sure <laughs> that's great i love that too it's that's so very fun funny. yeah just like like just a minor audience participation yep. i don't need a lot of it just like a little no bit. as you know i hate that but in shows like this i think it's pretty funny yeah. and done like you said, not Sparingly. too much. Yeah. Like no one's dance, like pulling you up to dance yeah. in an aisle. Unless you're but Mr. Th- Lee. <laughs> this is sure, but this is like very funny to me. Where I, you know, I find it humorous. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, so we see him talking to Judy Judy Carter. Carter. Judy. Um, I have lost my place. It's fine. I'll get there when we get there. Oh, I want to leave my baby. Great. Um, that's when she sings, that's when the tears start, followed by It's My Party, which is one of the best of versions course. of that song I've yep, ever seen. Sure. I've heard. It's like really cool. And the girl that we had um, doing it, like she is one of the best belters I've ever met. And she could do runs like nobody's business. And the beginning of it literally is just like a huge run. And it's so good. Mm. Um, and it's it was very good. So City Lou attempts to comfort her. But Betty Jean is still angry with her about the events which took place in high school. Sure. You hold that grudge. Betty Jean, you have so many problems. There's a lot of hot mess Like, with Betty not Jean. for nothing. Yeah. Let this one go. I'm so sorry, uh, Betty Jean. It's Cindy Lou's turn to perform next, and she apologizes to Betty Jean as best she can before talking about her lack of luck in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, she tried to go to Hollywood um, to be, you know, she's pretty. Yeah. Um, Which resulted in her moving back to Springfield and falling in love with Billy Ray Patton, who we did talk about in the first act, but I don't remember what his role... Oh, he was like... Um, he was the leader of the yeah. the other Glee Club or something. Correct. Men's oh, Glee Club. right. Yeah, the the rivals or something like that. Um, and so he was the rebel. Oh yeah, who was suspended from school ten oh, years earlier. Right. right. Uh, and that led to the girls performing. Okay, cool. Glad we cleared that up. She sings "Son of a Preacher Man" and "Leader of the Pack," followed by "Maybe," um, which is also like that set. I think is just really good. Um, "Son of a Preacher Man" is like a fun arrangement. Um, after her song, Betty Jean opens her arms to Cindy Lou, and the two are reconciled. Super mm-hmm. fun. I believe at that point we learn in the show that Billy Ray Patton died, right? Because leader of the pack, that's that's the plot of the oh, song. I don't, I can't remember. I'll be gonna be honest. I don't remember. Yeah, I think that I think that's we the the could pause and I could pull the script out. No, it's uh, you know what? Yeah, I should have brought it with me, but um. No, that I think that's the that's the trajectory is like, yes, she was in love with this preacher man's son and then she then he died in a car accident because he was riding his motorcycle. And yeah. then maybe is a song about how like wish you were here with me because you're dead, I believe oh. is is part of it. It's weird that it doesn't say this here in the Wikipedia um synopsis. That happens sometimes. They like yeah, leave, they leave out, out kind things. of like important keep going. Yeah, I'm gonna keep going. Um now it's Susie's turn to take the stage. She is self-conscious because of her pregnant body. What? Why the phrasing? Why would we phrase it like that? And she is still an emotional wreck over her personal life. She sings um, through her tears, Maybe I Know. Uh, and Missy tries to cheer her up by singing Needle in a Haystack. And then Susie slowly starts to gain confidence uh, enough to sing Rescue Me, but doesn't find her strength until she, her friends step forward and support her in singing Aretha Franklin's respect, Love that. which is so great because she sings like very mousy through most of the show, and then she like s- like everything switch, and she's like rescue me or sorry R E S P A C T, and it's Love like that. you're supposed to like vocally shift, and it's very yeah. cool. Um, yeah. At the end of the song, Richie blinks the lights to let know let them know that Susie uh, that he still loves her. Uh, yeah, and in the end, all is well again. They, uh, Cindy Lou and Betty Jean are friends. Missy and Mr. Lee are getting married. Susie has reconnected with her husband. The girls sing thank you and good night to close out the show. As they exit, they announce, see you in 1978. And that's the end of the show. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I abandoned you for a moment to look through the script that I have in my office. 
Okay, first, it should be noted that during Cindy Lou's apology to Betty Jean, this is very sweet, and I forgot this happens. She says, I was at your wedding in the back. You looked absolutely beautiful because oh. she was still pals with her and was like, this has been a long time coming. I have always wanted to apologize. Oh. He is not dead. He has just left her. Oh, So she has a little spoken died. word in the terrible. middle of Leader of the Pack where he says, where she says, over dramatically speaking with the music, he sort of smiled and kissed me goodbye. The tears were beginning to show as he drove away on that rainy night. I begged him to go slow. Whether he heard me, I'll never know. Uh, and then they do the look out, look out, look out. There is a crash, blah, blah, blah. I felt so helpless. What could I do? Oh, maybe he is dead. I think he's dead. So he's dead. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, this. Is a, I remember it gets very dark. Yeah. Okay. And we so, definitely and did then, the vroom, vroom, Well, here's the funny thing. It does. They sing Larry the Pack. It goes right into maybe. And they, and they finish maybe, maybe, maybe. Applause. And then song. Missy goes... Hey girls, it's Susie's turn, <laughs> and they just—it uh, just moves right on into the next thing, which which is like not realistic from a human standpoint, but also like from a, a pacing of a show standpoint, Correct. it's fine. It like, is fine. That's one of the things we talked about this with um, another show where like it gets dark for a minute, and then you're like, next, moving yep. on. No, so. it's um, <laughs> sure. She puts on the leather jacket, his leather jacket, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Is he here?" And she's like, "Well," and then she sings. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. So uh, yeah, some things to note. I one of the things about doing this show that I really enjoyed was like in the second act, someone's someone's parent or someone was like a good, good at sewing, and they made us all these like go go outfits. We had sure. like, like very sixties, yeah, yep. and like white go go boots, which was really fun in our colors. Um, and then yeah, so there's a one of the uh, so as I was doing research for this, one of the first things I always do is just jump on the old YouTube and check to see if there's mm-hmm. any versions and just get a sense of it staged Mm -hmm. and the one i saw was very funny because Susie, obviously very pregnant and all those things and then they show her coming on stage late trying to get the go-go boots on and then just giving up and throwing them on the ground oh yeah yeah because she's so pregnant yeah i forgot Um, she is barefoot for like part of it too correct barefoot and pregnant excellent uh no i listen this this show is so the music I always go back to the the scary part about jukebox musicals to me are always the arrangements. Is it going to be a good arrangement? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be some nonsense that someone was just like, okay, you sing and then we'll all sing. And if you, I don't know if I, I maybe talked about this in like the Get to Know Us episodes. All Shook Up by far as a jukebox musical. It's all Elvis. By far the best arrangements of sure. any show it's I've ever really done for a jukebox. Idea. They're Excellent. very, very good where sometimes it's hard to take and this show a little less, but sometimes it's hard to take songs that are sung by one person and make them sung by an ensemble yeah. Yeah. or break them into four parts when it's not really meant that. But not this show that I listen to a lot of Elvis, but I would listen to the all shook up soundtrack sure. a million times over. Yeah, it's good. Uh, but this show is the same kind of thing. They do such a good job breaking up the music. And a lot of it was kind of built in where a lot of these songs were meant for a lead singer and then backup people and mm-hmm. whatever. But they're such good arrangements that stay true to the old versions but are just enough different mm-hmm. that it makes it kind of interesting that I think it's a it's a dope soundtrack to listen to. Yeah, it's good. And it's like they're good standalone pieces where, yeah. like, if you had four girls and you were like, hey, let's do this thing for this thing, right? Like, I mm-hmm. – every yeah. year before the pandemic used to participate in, like, a very small, like – cabaret thing with four four of each person like we had four girls and four dudes mm-hmm. and we always wanted a girl song and a guy song and we did the lollipop slash um whatever it is sandman or no lollipop, lollipop and, and sugar time sure, yeah um which was really fun last it was literally in 2020 before the world shut down which was sad 
So yeah, um, there are a couple of sequels that have been written. We're not going to talk about them much. But there's there's a bunch. I feel like well, it says three. In, that's a lot on Wiki. That's a lot for um, an off Broadway show. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a lot. So the first one is Winter Wonderettes. That's mostly like holiday music. Um, the second sequel is Wonderettes Caps and Gowns, um, which apparently is the wedding. So it says the first act shows all four characters graduating from high school, and then the second act shows the wedding reception of Missy and Mister Lee. Um, and then the last installment of the Wonderettes franchise is titled Marvelous Wonderettes Dream On. And <laughs> sure. The no. first act shows the characters performing at their teacher, Mrs. McPherson's retirement party. And the second act shows the girls at their 21 year reunion where they sing songs from the 70s. Um, this, that feels like maybe too many things, but that's fine. Um, a large cast version of the Marvelous Wonderettes is lic- licensed, uh, at stage rights under the title. <laughs> Marvelous Wonderettes Glee Club Edition. That's kind of fun. All right. Yep. And the show combines the first act from the original show and the first act from Caps and Gowns and uses an ensemble as the school's Glee Club. Gotcha. Neat. Well, in a way where I don't... We've talked extensively on this show about a sequel and is that a good idea? Is it a bad idea? But in this kind of show... Well, I think this kind of show, it's fun. It, it takes more fine. Well, it than... takes characters, you know, and just gives them a little bit that it takes that mini through line and then just gives them cool songs to sing. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, that that type of thing where we're not like, we have changed the character completely. I think it's maybe the least egregious sequel Correct. situation. Correct. are going to do that. Um, and in a way where this gets licensed and goes out and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, and it's a pretty popular, you know, I've seen, I've seen it in a few colleges and things like that. It's not a... You know the fact that they made like an ensemble kind of one, but yeah, I don't. I've never. It's a small, tiny show for four people, four strong girls, and it's easy to do. It's yeah. like so easy and just very enjoyable for the audience. They like just love it. Well, and it's What's all the... songs people know. I mean, they're they're good songs that you're like, oh, oh, it's like a banger after a banger. Mm-hmm. What's the instrumentation on it? We did it Simple. with just piano. Sure, oh, you okay. can do piano, it just maybe piano. Percussion. Oh, we have it's, percussion. Yeah, I was gonna say it is. Uh, I think when I looked it up, I think it's like a three part or four part: guitar, bass, drums, piano. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. And you can add. You probably can add. More There's, I think, away, but the original recording also has like maybe a saxophone. Yeah, sometimes. that's what I mean. Like yeah. one more, like a wind or brass or but something. I, mm-hmm. I believe we did it with just piano and drums. Well, it's fun. Um, yeah, marvelous wonderettes. You did it. I did it. <laughs> No, it's, you're great. What else? Why I'm looking at the script on my desk right now. Um, <laughs> oh, so uh, that's nice. I do have the script. Uh, all right. So if we had to give it um, zero lollipops to four half-eaten lollipops, being <laughs> s- super best. super great, and you loved each character. Because four lollipops. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, You said four and a half. Well, four half-eaten lollipops. Oh, okay. I got it. Got it. Uh, What would would we give it? Listen, problematic stuff aside, I give it a four. Like, I would say because it was not written currently, like presently. Oh, and that problematic stuff I think is like pretty minor. It's minor. It's not the worst In the 50s, it was like whatever. It's also... Because they don't get together until after she leaves high school, I don't yeah. see it as much of a problem. I agree. So I'm call- I'm giving it a whole four because I loved it so much, and I have I'm biased because I was like literally in it, but it was so fun. And like shout out to Andrea and Eleanor and um, JoJo who were in it with four half eaten lollipops. Great. I would give it three uh, because I have never seen it. Sure. 
Uh, this is my first encounter with the show, but uh, I'm very interested in it now and think it sounds lovely. We'll, we'll never talk about it again. And I will probably listen to it. So Sure, you should. I, here's the thing. Yeah. I also give it a four half-eaten lollipops only yeah. because I think it's – I like the music. The music is great. And then I like the con- I like the conceit of it, and I like the sort of that production of it, and also just like I said, the music's great. But it's a funny show. It's like a very if you get the right people to play it, who kind of have that you have to have that those four girls have to have good chemistry. Yes, but definitely. you get it, and it's just a very <clears throat> funny. Jokes are built in. It's kind of right up my alley in terms of like the jokes of it. But they're built in in a way where it's not like they're hitting it over the head 18 times. They're just funny winks and nods with kind of like mumbly times, which mm-hmm. is my sense of humor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, I think uh, I think we did it. Uh, guys, follow us on our socials at Downstage Left PC. We're on all the things. We might get a TikTok. Who knows? Yeah, we talked about that recently. So check it out, I guess. Um, we have a website, downstageleftpodcast.com. Uh, we want to hear. Have you? Do you know this show? Have you been in this show? Have you seen this show? Tell me about that because it's a, like kind of a niche thing that I only know a few people that like are familiar with it. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you have something longer form, if you're like social media is not a long enough space for me to say all the things I want to say to you. Mm-hmm. Um, if we've said something egregious in a previous episode, so uh, it's probably from me. It's, it's me more than Lauren. But yeah. uh, give us an email at downstageleftpc at gmail dot com. Yeah, you can follow us on our socials. I don't, I don't know, even know what my social media is. I am Karen Nave. Yeah, it's at I am yeah. Karen Nave. I am downstage Lauren because everything in my life. is Twitty hates social media. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also private, so yeah, she's private. Hey, uh, okay. Well, I think we did it. Um, exit stage left, pursued by a pregnant lady. <laughs>